98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. Now. On this Tuesday afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station, we are live from the Auction Community Studios. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambador. Hi, Gambo! Burnsy, what's going on? I see somebody Photoshop your face on a dragon uh, today, yeah, and, and yeah, why Why yeah. did this happen? What? what I don't what, know, I, I don't know, happened? I was just, you know, I listened to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. I listen to those guys on my way to the gym at about 7.30 in the morning, and then on my way home from the gym, like around 9, 9.15. And somehow I happened to catch the segment where they were talking about me adopting a dragon and bringing it to Lake Como, where it will be the only dragon in Lake Como. I don't know how they got talked to, talking about this, something about... Sarah said, I don't watch Game of Thrones or the Game of Dragons or whatever it is. House of Dragons. House of Dragons, which I watch. I do watch it. Um, But somehow dragons came in and they ended up uh, thinking that I should adopt a dragon and take it to Lake Como. Don't ask me how. I don't. Again, I don't really. They're wacky in the morning show. They're a little wacky. They're they're, they're a little crazy. crazy. Those guys and gals are wacky. Well, I mean, yeah. when you get up at three o'clock in the morning for a living, I, I imagine yes. sleep deprivation probably plays a little bit of a role in that wacky. We like action. We want the action. <laughs> I've, I have, my wife has definitely been, people have definitely thought she was Khaleesi at times. We were in the Grand Cayman Islands once and somebody was, came over and wanted a autograph. They thought she was Khaleesi. She bears a resemblance to the, to, what's her name? Amelia Clark, I think. Oh, yeah. She's the actress's Daenerys name. Daenerys Targaryen. She, she bears, she bears, oh, I, I don't yes. know any about she that. She bears a resemblance to. It's amazing. I Khaleesi. She looks I, like Khaleesi. I know the actress who plays her. Yes. I, I've never watched one minute of Game of Thrones, but I know that's Amelia Clark. Do you have HBO? Yeah, we've got, we've we've covered this. We have. Yeah, my wife. Oh, she doesn't like no, that. She doesn't she's, like she's that. She's just like you're on your own mm-hmm. on that one. If you're going to watch it, you're watching that one without it's me. It's worth it to and be on I, your own with that I, one. And I'm going to. It, it is 100 yeah. on the list. I just haven't gotten around to it. Okay. okay, it's on the list. But my wife is like, it's a top five show of all time. That's what I've. I've. I mean, it is. I mean, I've heard it's a top five show ever. Great things about it. I just my wife is 100. You're on an island on that one. Uh, yeah, here we go. I'm watching the the House of Dragon. It's good. I mean, it's not as good as, you know, the House of... See, the the great thing about Game of Thrones is they they literally didn't care. Like, if you were a great... If you were a a prime actor, they would would kill you. They would kill you, and they wouldn't think twice about it. Right. Yeah, you're the star of the show. You're going to be dead in the fourth fourth episode. But they also started with Sean Bean. Like, we all should have seen this coming, right? Given Sean Bean's track record of dying and everything he's in. I don't know who that is. He's the guy you're talking about. The guy in season one who is basically the star of the show, and at the end of the season one they cut off his head right oh yeah but like, yeah, he was like, like the- if you look at all the top actors in that show they all died like they all they every season they would kill off two or three of the mainstays it was incredible how they did it because you would think the show can't survive without its stars but it did they would they'd have the stars whacked all the time you want steady employment go work on a sitcom you want to talk about football <laughs> keep it right here on the burns and gambo show here's our top story of the day burns and gambo the way in Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Second down and eight for the Eagles at their own 47. Good protection again. Launch downfield. Watkins wide open. Touchdown. 
Joe Buck okay. on ABC. Okay, he's legit. Sounds weird to say. He looked legit. Jalen Hurts looked phenomenal. Jalen Hurts became the first player in NFL history to have an 80-plus completion percentage, 300-plus passing yards, and two rushing touchdowns in a single game. It's never happened. He was 26 out of 31, which is an 83.9 completion rate, 333 yards, a touchdown, plus 11 carries for 57 yards and two more scores. And, you know, watching the highlight package of that game, just wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, like... That's a season's worth of highlights. He was that good. I feel like last night, and this this segment, by the way, is about more than Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll explain it in just a second. But since you started it, I feel like last night was sort of his, oh, no, he's legit kind of coming out party. Like, there have been question marks about Jalen Hurts since the minute he came into the NFL. Right. Questions in Philly about how legit he is. I feel like last night was his, oh, yeah, this guy's for real kind of moment yeah. because he absolutely lit it up. Now, what we're going to do is something a little different here where now that we two is in the books. Let's take a look at the NFC in its totality and kind of figure out where the Cardinals might fit in it and just talk about the NFC, what's surprised us, what we've expected, what we haven't now that we're okay. two weeks in. Where do you three, want to start? Three 2-0 and o teams. Let's start there. The Bucks are 2-0, and o, okay? The Eagles are 2-0, and o, and then the surprise, the Giants are 2-0. and o. Nobody expected that. But the Eagles being 2-0, I think a lot of people felt that they were going to win the NFC East this year. The Bucks being 2-0 in the NFC South, sure. I mean, if some people thought New Orleans could overtake them, but the Bucks are where they are. Man, there's a whole lot of 1-1 one one teams. The only 0-2 teams are Atlanta and Carolina. Now, a lot of people liked Carolina did, yeah. as a, a sleeper-type wild card team. Wild card sure. Team, yeah. And they get off to that 0-2 start with Baker Mayfield as their quarterback. Quarterback, and so they're off to a rough start at 0-2. As we know, 0-2, you have got about an 11% chance of making the playoffs when you're 0-2. You look at the NFC West, everybody's 1-1. One one. Seattle was Seattle was the only team that was undefeated. They lost, but San Francisco won, the Rams won, the Cardinals won. So I think when you take a quick glimpse at the NFC, I think initial reactions, Philly is going to win that NFC East. They're going to win it. The NFC North seems wide open to me. Really surprised with how well the Lions have played. Really surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, the, the Vikings looked terrible last night. Kirk Cousins had one of his Kirk Cousins games. So I still think it's the Packers. In the North, it's going to be the Bucks. I think after two games, my initial thought is in the, the South. Buc- in the South. The South. I'm sorry. That's okay. In the South, the Bucks are going to win the South. And in the NFC West, as we talked about yesterday, I think Trey Lance's injury and Jimmy Garoppolo now being the quarterback may give the 49ers the inside track on winning this division. But I think it's really open for the three teams, the 49ers, the Rams, and even the Cardinals. And I think that that game this coming week between the Rams and the Cardinals could show us a glimpse of what's going to happen the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, if I'm looking at the NFC kind of in total, I mean, other than the Giants, which I know you're a Giants fan, no disrespect. They're I'm, not going, I, yeah, they're I'm not buying them. They're not, I, they're, don't they're, buy them. I'm not buying them. I'm don't not buy buying them. that. So so discounting them for a second, okay. I, I got to tell you, I think the team that's probably surprised me the most is the Eagles. They look really, really good. Now, I know they had to struggle to beat the Lions in week one, and the Lions made that a really close game at the end. But the Lions look good. But the Lions have looked good. And the I think Lions, I think Dan yeah. Campbell, that, that kind of that idea that Dan Campbell was that this year was going to be the turnaround year for the Lions, I think that's starting to take root a little bit. I tell you, Amon Ross St. Brown. He's really good. He's, oh, he's emerging. He's making Jared wow. Goff look really good. Wow. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, okay. I tell you. 
if there were anybody else in that division that were worthy to contend with them, I'd feel like they could be threatened because I have not been overly impressed with them. I have certainly not been overly impressed with Tom Brady and that offense. They have struggled. They have struggled mightily in their first two games. They've won on the strength of their defense. They've won on the strength of the turnovers they forced against the Saints and what they did to the Cowboys even before Dak Prescott got hurt in week one. The, the, the Tampa Bay offense. I know they're missing some guys. Oh, this is so depleted. It's so injured right I, now. I, I, Godwin's hurt. Godwin. Their offensive Julio Jones line is, is all banged up. Evans is suspended. They just signed Cole Beasley. They just signed Cole Beasley. Yeah, but but Brady hasn't looked great to me, and I understand there are reasons for why Brady hasn't looked great. But Brady hasn't looked great to me at all He's so far. Forty five years old. He wasn't fully committed to this year. Um, obviously, there's some family stuff going on, personal stuff that's going on that you know people speculate about. Um, but yeah, no, he hasn't looked great. And then you know Godwin's suffering an injury. Jones is they, the both of those guys missed the Saints game. They didn't play. That was a great opportunity for the Saints. They didn't take advantage of it. Um, but I still think that that they're probably, because the division's weak, yes. they're probably good enough to win that division by themselves. I've, the NFC West, like if you said to me, um, which is the toughest division? Uh, the NFC West, to, like I think the Eagles will win the, the East. You agree? Agreed. I think the Packers will win the North. You agree? Agreed. I think the Bucks will win the South. You agree? 100%. The West is the one that's hard to determine. Three teams could do it. Three teams could. Three teams could do it. Yeah. And, and I think, like we talked about yesterday, I honestly think with the return of Jimmy Garoppolo, I would almost label the 49ers. In fact, forget almost. I think the 49ers are now the favorite to win that division. The Rams have shown enough cracks in the armor between not having OBJ, between... Stafford's interception, Sabak. Whitworth on the offensive line, missing him, missing Von Miller. I mean, remember... Stafford's taken all his snaps under center. Yeah, he's seven interceptions so far. Or not seven, five. Five five interceptions interceptions so far. I was thinking about multi-interception games. He's got seven of those dating back to last year. I, I I don't disagree with you. I think you're right. I think the 49ers should be the favorites. Yeah, they were just doing okay before they went out and got mm-hmm. Von Miller and OBJ. And they don't have Von Miller anymore. They don't have OBJ. And Allen Robinson's been all right. But they they were this. They were a Jalen Ramsey goal line interception away from possibly losing to the Atlanta Falcons. I, I, I think 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo now, I think that's the team to beat in the NFC West. I think that is the team to beat in the you NFC know what? West. I mean, we always say this, right? I'm not gonna not gonna argue that. I agree with you. I think the 49ers. I think they. We always knew that two to 53, they had the best roster, right? Nobody yes. disagreed. It was nope. one. But now that Trey Lance is not their quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo is, I think it kind of solidifies their quarterback spot, and I think that they should be the favorites. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show on this Tuesday, the Sean Aguano era has begun. The big takeaways from his big moment at the press conference yesterday. We'll talk about. That. That next as he leads ASU. We'll talk about it coming up on the Burns and Gambo show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. The last three games were, were preseason. This is where it all counts now, these next nine games. And so it's we are at 0-0. And we are ready to play 
um, Arizona State football, and and I, I'm here to inspire these kids to play that, and and uh, I think we're we're ready. So looking back at those three games will do us no good. I think we're going to look forward. Um, this transition ha- has been hard, and and it's been 24 hours, but re- in reality, we got to get ready to go. I don't know how many games Sean Aguano is going to win as the new interim coach at ASU. I'll tell you this, based off everything I read and heard and saw, yeah, he won that press conference yesterday. Sure did. Now that sure did. that only goes so far. Of course, I'm not going to ta- talent wins. Yeah, of course. I'm not going to sit here and suggest that he should get the gig because he had a great press conference. All right, but in terms of displaying the kind of passion and energy and love for Arizona, not University of Arizona, but the state of Arizona, that ASU fans want to see, Sean Aguano hit on all of those notes yeah. yesterday, big time. It's a very successful coach at Chandler High School, the Wolves. You know the dominant program out there. Um, I'm just my wife. Is been, a, my I'm wife in, is a Chandler Wolf. I'm so. impressed that you're bragging about your wife's school. Good on Chandler, you. baby. Good, good, yep. on, good on you for displaying some uh, pride. Not for I'm, your uh, school, but married for your to her, school. so I automatically have to hate Hamilton with all my heart. That's oh, right. Oh, oh no, have to hate Hamilton. She just lost half our audience. I, well, I don't know, but I'm supposed to hate Hamilton, is what I know. There goes all the Hamilton parents. My wife hates Hamilton. Not listening to us anymore. Yes, hates driving by that school. Uh, four, um, what, four championships, four six eight championships at Chandler High, for Chandler High, including their first since 1949, was what Iguano did there, right? Yeah, he was great there. Like he was fantastic. I joked around. Yes, I said he was my wife's government teacher. Like he was, uh, the, he was her teacher. So um, yeah, no, he did a great job there. He talked about recruiting our. Listen, he took over that interim job and spoke like, I'm going to keep the job. Not, you know, we'll see what happens. I'll do my best. They'll pro- Look, they're probably going to hire somebody else. They're probably going to. But he didn't speak that way. I know this state. I'm going to recruit this state. I know the coaches here. Like, I want to restore the pride. There was a time, there was a time when a lot of the great players that were local, Todd Heap, and, uh, you know, a lot of the great players locally stayed. They stayed here. They wanted to play for Arizona State. They wanted to stay local. And I think, you know, what what I got a sense from him is that, that pride, that loyalty. Like, I want to get back to having that. Here's what he said about that. I know their coaches. I know what they are about. I know what the kids want. I've sat on the other side of them um, and what they're sold against. I will personally recruit Arizona kids. And there's no doubt he's got the connections to do it. But if we're just being honest about this, okay, and this is nothing against Coach Iguano at all. This is just sort of an overview of the situation. Yeah. If you're a high-profile Arizona football kid, ASU is a really tough sell right now. Well, if Notre Dame or Oklahoma or Ohio State or somebody calls for you, you're probably not going to stay at ASU. Well, and it's honestly, it's always been like that, but it's a doubly tough sell because you don't really know what you're saying. Signing up for you know right? right you don't know who the coach is going to be you don't know who the ad is going to be you don't know what the punishment's going to be exactly. am I going to be able to play in a bowl game or no exactly and you know I mean it's great to play at home in front of friends and family but you know is that the a lot of, most of most of these kids that get recruited and get scholarships they go in with the belief that they have the chance to play at the next level even if it's a minimal belief if I get a chance to play and I can show what I do I might have a chance to play at the next level and they may feel like I'm better suited going somewhere else that's a that's a more stable environment right now ASU is not a stable environment they will be though. 
Like, they will be. I keep saying this. ASU is going to end up being fine. They will very much go back to being the mediocre program that we know and love at ASU. Thank God. They will get back to that mediocrity. I'm telling you, seven wins is right around the corner. <laughs> uh, it's there. It's there. They will be back to seven wins before with the blink of an eye. Here. Because that's what ASU football is. Here I was concerned they'd be sucking five-win hell for the next ten years. No. But you're here to assure us seven and they'll be six right back there with seven and six. right around the corner. Seven and five at a it's mediocre there. bowl game. It's exactly. coming. You want it's... mediocre bowl games? You'll get back to mediocre bowl games. <laughs> because that's what ASU does. And they do it damn well. <laughs> Nobody does it better than they do. He went very far to compliment Herm Edwards. And, and this is kind of you know day two of this now, right? Herm gets fired on. They have the disaster on Saturday. Herm gets fired on Sunday. Yesterday we react to Herm. Today we kind of look forward with Coach Iguano. He reacted to Herm and said he's the reason I got this opportunity. I was put here uh, four years ago uh, with Coach Edwards, and, and uh, he gave me this opportunity. Uh, and everybody knows that story. The same opportunity that he has given um, these kids with their scholarships. I let them know yesterday that uh, we need to pay him back. Um, it hasn't gone well, uh, and unfortunately, um, there's parting of ways. But our job, in the back of my mind, is to make sure that on Saturday night when he's sitting at home, that he's uh, smiling, he's thankful. But I owe all of my gratitude to him. Look, we often say, doing what we do, and you've coined this phrase, and I, I borrow it from you every now and then, like a book out of the library, but but we root for people, not for teams. Yes. Um, and and while I don't know him, you know, your wife knew him because she was, or he was her government teacher back in high school. And I think she was the team manager for a year with the football team. Oh, really? Oh, I that didn't know that. team manager. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can see why people would want to root for him. He, he seems like a very likable, very passionate Passionate, very dialed-in guy in terms of knowing what kind of people want to hear. Yes, and and so when I say what I'm about to say, and it's nothing like bold or anything, he is pushing a rock up a mountain right now, right? When, when it comes to everything ASU's got in front of it, and not just the allegations, but he's taking it head on. And, and he is, he's and not just the investigation, on. just the schedule. Man, you've got. Utah coming up on Saturday. And then after that, you got USC. And then after that, you've got Washington. And then after that, you'll break a record that hasn't been done since, what, 1942? I believe that's the last time ASU started 1-5. 1942. Now, he does something crazy, and his team beats one of those three teams. I guarantee you. I don't, I'm don't. i not guaranteeing you that will happen, but I guarantee you and I are in here on Monday talking about whether this guy can keep the job or not. If he wins one of those if games? If he wins one of those three games, we're in here on Monday saying, are they going to give the job to him? Can he do this? I guarantee you we're having that conversation. We are going to have at 345 a great former Sun Devil on the show. Friend of ours, Juan Roque, who was part of the last Sun Devil Rose Bowl team with Jake Plummer and Keith Poole and all of those guys. He bleeds maroon and gold. He did. So I reached out to Juan yesterday. I messaged him. And so he's going to come on the show at 345 today. He was of the belief that Herm needed to be fired. So, but I want to get his thoughts on it. You know, what is it going to take to get the local kids to stay? What's it going to take to turn the program around? So we'll talk to Juan at 345. I'm looking forward to that. I really am. 
He was a great Sun Devil. I am too. He was one of my favorite guys to cover on that team. Uh, that that team was one of my favorite teams that I've ever. They were special. Covered. They were special. They were. That was a special, and we haven't had special since then at ASU. No, we've had flirting with special. We've had almost special. We've had predicted special, uh, but we've never had special. And so I, I wish him the best. He's got a tough gig, given that he's never been a college level coordinator, given that he's never been a college head coach. Uh, that doesn't. I mean, he doesn't know how to coach. At the end of the day, football is football. But it is, it's, again, he's pushing a big old boulder up a mountain right now with everything working against him. And if he can have even some modicum of success, whatever that looks like. I mean, at this point, you know, I know this is the poll question, so I'm kind of leaning into it a little early. How we define the success that he has Will be an interesting. I love that question. And, and we'll and let's save com- our answers for that. Okay. How do we define the success that uh, Coach Iguano can? But I can't have? answer that now. I have to wait. Can you wait? Okay, I can wait because it's time for a break anyway. And I tell you, it's the poll question at two okay. thirty. All right, I can wait. Can you wait on that? All right. When wait. we come back, you Gambo's answer to the question, <laughs> and we talk a little yeah. D-backs baseball. A couple weeks ago, we had the hottest team in the league around here. Now uh, they have cooled off just a tad. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. <laughs> the Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, welcome back to Burns and Gambo. John Gambadero, Dave Burns along with our update guy, Eric. That is us. Yep. We uh, asked Gimbo to sit on it during the <laughs> break. Oh, he doesn't call me Potsy. <laughs> sit on it better than Potsy. Sit on it, Potsy! Sit on it, Potsy. Sit on it, Ralph. Our audience right now is like, what does sit on it, Potsy mean? Google sit on it, Potsy. Google sit on it, Potsy. My young crunk brother, brothers and tell me what you come up Hold with. Hold on, do you guys know what that is? Eric, I do don't, you know but hopefully is? my searching is better today than it was yesterday. <laughs> you do not know it. Mitch, do you know what sit on it, Potsy means? Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, there you oh go. my God! They're in their twenties. What do you expect? Oh my God! What? No, seriously, what do you expect? Do you know what the gritty is, Gambo? <laughs> do you expect everybody in their twenties to be aware of cultural references that are fifty years old? Sit on it, Potsy! Like they don't know that. Oh, okay. All right. All right. You realize that's a you thing. That's not a them thing. That's a you no, thing. Jello cup. Jello cup. <laughs> cup's already becoming an all-time drop. <laughs> Already, oh god, Jello cup. Um, Mitch, no. I gotta, ha- I, you gotta send that cut to me. Can you cut? Can you cut that up and send that Jello cup to me? I gotta have that. Sit on it, Potsy from Happy Days. Um, we asked Gambo to sit on his reaction to the poll question. We were talking about Sean Aguano in the last segment, the interim coach for ASU football. What defines success, Eric? It's your poll question, and you came up with it. It's a good one. What do you have for us today? That's right. There are three options for this one that we're giving you to determine if this season is a success. The first one, the classic, wins and losses. You got to win football games to have a successful season. Option number two is how they play those games. Team spirit and morale, do they show fight? And option number three, it doesn't matter. The season's already lost. I'm eliminating three. If I'm on House Hunters International, I got three houses. I'm going to eliminate three. I'm having a really hard time between one and two, and I'll tell you why. Because I do think that being competitive, because they just got their asses handed to them by Eastern Michigan, is important. But I'm actually, I might surprise you here. I'm going to go with number one. Wins. You got to win games. You have to win games. How many? How many games are left? They've got nine Nine. games left. All conference games. Everything's conference. Win five of them. I'm, I'm serious. Win five of them. Oh boy. Win, um, win one of these next two games. Beat Arizona. 
You, you want them to beat Utah? No, one of the next two. Win one of the USC? next two. USC? Yes, I want them to win one of these games. They're both top 15 ranked like, teams. I know. I know. I know. That's a high bar. I'm. I'm. I'm do you ask me my opinion? I would normally no, go with the traditional. Yeah. Just be competitive and show yeah. some fight and spirit. You know, screw that. Win, a, win some freaking games. I, I'm with you. I just don't know if I can judge it off the next two. Uh, I'm going to go with be competitive. I, I, I think wins. That's just asking a lot right now with this situation. I'm going to say be competitive. Show me some competitive fight. That out was there. that would have been my normal answer, but you know Baby what? Steps. I want wins. You want wins. Baby want steps. Wins. Gambo's taking giant steps over here. What's our audience? It's say? a close one between you two, but neither of you are the winner in a blowout. Fifty three point two percent. All hope is lost. Fifty three point two percent say season is already no. over. In second place, twenty four point six percent. They're going with Gambo. Show me some wins and losses. Give me those wins. Twenty two. 0.1% say team spirit and morale. We were talking about these options during our show meeting, and I got to admit that there was a part of my brain that thought the season's already lost, was almost too cynical, was almost too hardcore. Like, oh man, we can't put that one out there. That just sounds so awful. The fact that it's the leader blowing the other ones away. You watch, you watch any Whoa. of that game? I know. That is... You know what? Honestly, I, I'm just being honest to the audience. I didn't. I did not watch a minute of ASU versus Eastern Michigan, and maybe that's the reason why. I was at a wedding in Iowa. I sent you Iowa. three pages of emails. You sent me three pages of notes about it. I, I know did. everything I, I need to know about everything the game, I had on it. But I didn't watch a minute of it, oh, so no, I, I, I don't. I don't know. I only know how bad it was from reading about it, not from watching. I've got to give credit to one thing real quick, an option yeah. we might have omitted. Uh-huh. It's a win, but a lot of people are commenting, just beat U of A. Just beat U of A. That's oh. so sus. Just beat U of A. You know what? I... I no disrespect to the audience, the audience member who threw that out there. Along with Gambo, I, I, yeah, I, uh, I hate that. I hate that. Just beat you of a. Yeah. Like that, that's I don't know. It's so sus. I think we can do better. <laughs> we, and we, there's the young lingo from Gambo. I just got it. Yeah, that's the new. That's the you new got a text or you looking cap. That's what the kids use now. Sus and cap. That's just so a heads sus. up. Cap is not referring to cap space. Just, I don't know what it is. Up. I have no idea what it is. I could be saying something really bad here, and I don't know. Sus and cap. That's you the are words not that, saying anything that, bad. I can confirm that. That's as the words that everybody uses. I'm like, what does that mean? I mean, they're not compliments. What does, what does sus mean? Like suspicious. Like yeah. suspicious. Oh, so yeah. something. Like, is, have you ever heard of the game Among Us? No, Mitch. No, it, there's no way. So if I say oh, something yeah. is sus, I'm saying so it's suspicious. Sus. Pretty much. My kid says that that's so sus. The, the Cardinals' corner situation going into the beginning of the season hmm? is kind of sus. It was sus. Like suspect. Yeah, kind of suspect. Suspicious. suspicious. That's so. Cap. Okay, and no, and so here's here's how you would say cap. Okay, how if somebody say? came to you and said, "Hey, I'm really confident in the Cardinals' cornerback room going into the season. They're the strongest room on the team." Yeah, that's cap. That's, that's cap. Wrong. That's wrong. It's cap. Oh, that's so. Cap is wrong. It's, it's it's just not true. It's cap. You're capping right now. You're lying to me. It's a lie. No it's wrong. All that good stuff. That's a cap. Bernie. If somebody says no cap, that means they're telling you the truth. That's no, no cap. No lie. That's no cap. <laughs> Why cap? I don't know. Why cap? It just happened. Has somebody out there, by the way, Googled sit on it, Potsy? Man, that's so sus. <laughs> I'm working on other things back here. <laughs> that is so, that's just so cap. I'm sure you oh, are. No, I'm going right. to get this stuff you can down. Say that's something, you can say that's cap. If, if that's a lie, that's Unless, cap. That's cap. Next time a coach says something, that's cap. Nice. Yes, yeah, that's the right way to use mm-hmm. it. Okay. I got to try to, okay. 
lesson from the youngins in there. That's good. I, I, I feel you better. roll with the punches. Already. I'm really sorry I said sit on it. I <laughs> feel like I lit the fuse to a bomb. I had no intention of going uh, off. I, I, I just, it, this it guy just came said to tweet in cap is a lie. <laughs> Glad we're getting lessons on the lingo here. Uh, on the, you know what? When in doubt, on a, on a sports day, you, you might also get lessons on lingo here. For The, the young might learn about the old. The sure. old might learn about the young. Yeah. We could all get along you- here on the Burns and Gamble Show. We're all big one it's community here. the beauty of here. conversation, Burnsy. What other show in the country can tell you to sit on a potsy and then ask you if something is sus Not or cap one. In, the same, in the same segment? Not one. Nobody. So it Nobody. makes us the Burns and Gambo That's right. show. The Arizona Diamondbacks, they are winning. They're beating the Dodgers 5-1 to one today. Finally. Home runs by Christian Walker, who's got 35. Dalton Varsho, who's got 26. Just don't put Kennedy and Melanson in. You may win the well, game. that was my first reaction is all this is just setting them up to fall when they have to put Kennedy or Melanson in this game at some point because they're probably going to have to. Last night, they lose to the Dodgers by a score of 5-2. to two. And Clayton Kershaw does what Clayton Kershaw does. Beats the Diamondbacks. Arizona Diamondbacks. In particular, at home, this crazy fact from the MLB Network. Clayton Kershaw is 11-1 with a 1.83 ERA in 19 home starts against Arizona. The Diamondbacks haven't won a game started by Kershaw in L.A. since June of 2013. Are you kidding me? Sus wasn't even a thing in June of 2013. So that's that's no cap. Right, Eric? It's no cap. That's no cap. Is the that, Diamondbacks haven't won a game started by Cursor at Chavez Ravine since 2013. Eric's giving That's you, no cap. Eric's giving you a look like you're using it right, but you're not really using it right. right? Technically, yeah. you're right. Like, okay. your jump shot looks good. You just yeah. didn't make it. My wife was like, cause I had, she goes, when you tell me I'm the prettiest girl in the world, me cap. I'm going, but it's true. She goes, no, you would say no cap. I'm like, okay, no cap. No cap. That's no cap. <laughs> Got it. I don't know. Good. I'm glad we're clear on this. If, we, if, me, and you, if me and you start putting that into our everyday language, on the, it's going to sound like we're. Yeah. It's like it sound like we're trying really hard yeah. to be young. <laughs> it's what it's going to sound like. <laughs> we're going to get you on TikTok soon. It's, it's going to sound like we're trying so hard to be young and talk like a 20 year old. It's going to. What be, defines you as trying to be young more? Using just for men on your beard, or using cap and sus in a. I've done, I've done. I've done neither. I got that going for me. I got that going for me. So far. So far oh God! Yes, Mitch. Exactly. That's. Ex- we're going to be the old guy trying to be young and hip and cool by saying "sus" and "cap." We'll get it. We'll figure it out at some point. The Arizona Diamondbacks. Back to our uh, regularly scheduled programming here. The Arizona Diamondbacks have hit a wall. On September sixth, we woke up on September sixth. That doesn't seem like that long ago. Diamondbacks were four games under five hundred. They were eight games out of the third wild card spot. They had won eight of ten. Since then, they have lost ten of thirteen games. They're twelve and a half games out of the wild card spot. They've lost seven of ten, and they've been outscored by thirty-five runs they, in yeah. those thirteen games. They just, they you know what happened? They, they they hit the end of the season wall. They get they they gave it everything they had, and now they're out of gas. They're totally out of gas. They played so well for so long, and at that time we were like, boy, can they finish at five hundred? And then they just did. They just ran out of gas. I mean, three and ten. They're sixty-eight and seventy-nine. 
overall. So they're nine games. Uh, no, no, they're 11 games under 500. Uh, lost seven out of 10, four straight, like you said. They're not scoring any runs. Merrill Kelly can't beat the Dodgers to save his life. Uh, Perdermo can't get a hit. I mean, he's hit 195 or below in four consecutive months. Just not scoring runs, right? They've scored yeah. six runs or fewer. Six. They've scored six runs over the last four games going into today. Six over their last four games. So you got a lot of guys really, really struggling offensively. It's nice to see this game today. They're winning 5-1. You know, you want to see that the young kids get an opportunity. Corbin Carroll stole his first base today. You know, so we we got very excited about the young kids and what they were doing. But then the Diamondbacks, you know, and they were winning games when that was happening. But now they're not winning baseball games. Yeah, and something else happened, too. The schedule got them. Most of those losses that they've suffered in the last two or three weeks, San Diego or L.A.? Yeah. Almost every single one of them, San Diego or L.A. They'd actually won games against good teams when they first started, right? Milwaukee and Philly. Like At the start of that tough stretch, you were looking at it going, man, they handled Philly? Yeah. They handled Milwaukee? Maybe the stretch isn't going to get them. The stretch got them. As soon as it got to the National League West, the stretch absolutely got them. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, Week 2 had another great... Interesting showing of NFL football. Our big takeaways we'll talk about next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. All right, just real quick, because we haven't brought it up yet. The Arizona Cardinals made an announcement via email about an hour ago. Devon Kennard, they have announced, has been signed to the active roster. So apparently the part, okay. Yep, the bouncing back and forth of he's on the practice squad, he's not, he's on the practice squad, he's not. Apparently that's over. Uh, Andre Bacellia was waived in a corresponding move, which I can only assume means Andy Isabella should be good to go this week. I didn't think. Didn't he have a catch this week? He sure did. He had a catch this week. Sure did. Yep. All right, take that home with you. And he got a game ball. Everybody got a game ball. You got a game ball and you made a catch. Yep. Yep. I, I, maybe if we're getting greedy, maybe that means Rondell Moore's coming back this week. But I would assume at the minimum it means Andy Isabella's coming back this week. Because I don't think they would divest themselves of a wide receiver, right? Am I, I try to find out. Am I misreading the putt? Or, or no, somebody's got to be back. One of the two's got to be back. Got to be. They yeah. wouldn't make this move if they didn't. And, and Kennard, you know, we wondered. In fact, I think we even asked Steve Kime last week about this kind of bouncing back and forth. And he said it was going to be matchup dependent. You know, maybe you play a team that's going to run the ball more. Maybe they leave him on the practice squad. Apparently, he changed their mind or they changed their mind because now he is a permanent part. Of, as permanent as permanent can be in today's NFL, he's on the roster. Yeah. You know, so okay, That would make sense yep. that one of those two guys is going to be back for the game. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk a little week two in the NFL. Okay. Open the show if you missed it. Talking about kind of the NFC, the first two weeks of the season, how the Cardinals fit in the NFC, yeah. how the fact that the NFC West appears to be the most competitive of the divisions in the NFC, given that the Bucks look like the clear favorite in the South, the Eagles look like the clear favorite in the East, and the Packers look like the clear favorite in the North. And then we talked about kind of the mess that is the West. But let's talk about 2022 NFL. <sighs> Gotta start with the Dolphins. Gotta start you with the Dolphins. You have to start with this one-two punch of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Those guys had 22 receptions combined for 
361 yards and four touchdowns in that game. Two is now 8-1 and one versus Super Bowl winning head coaches. That's the highest winning percentage in NFL history after the Dolphins won that game. 8-1 and one against Super Bowl winning head coaches. Tua was unbelievable in that football game. His six touchdowns against the Ravens tied Dan Marino and Bob Greasy for the most touchdown passes in a game in Dolphins history. He also became the second youngest player since 1950 to throw for at least 450 yards and six touchdowns behind only Patrick Mahomes. An incredible, there was a lot of debate. What we're seeing this year, I think, is there were a lot of questions about guys like Justin Fields and Tua. And I think these guys are starting to answer. I don't think we have the full answer yet, but what a great performance by Fields. What a great performance here by, um, um, I mean, Hurts, by Hurts. And then this performance by Tua, the Philly quarterback, and then the Miami quarterback. Those were great performances by those two guys. Those two guys grew up a whole lot. Yeah, Tyree Kill, and I know he left that game with cramps, uh, but he and Jalen Waddle look like a duo to be reckoned with. Did you see how many yards after the catch those two guys? I didn't see the yards after the catch. No, what do you got? They combined for 154 yards after the catch. Wow. They were flying by guys. They could not be stopped. They could not be touched. And on a day when the Cardinals do what they did in terms of a comeback for the Dolphins to do it on the same day, for the Jets to do it on the same day, the Jets were basically in the same boat. Uh, it was a remarkably historic day, but the Dolphins do look like they're legit. And Tua might be answering the same questions that Jalen Hurts has been answering. We don't want to go too far into this, though, without mentioning that in this article, we're looking at NFL Week 2 takeaways. They had the Dolphins listed number one. They had the Arizona Cardinals listed number two as you know, another game that I prematurely put on ice. Vegas took a big lead. Let's give a little love to Isaiah Simmons. Let's give a little love to Kyler Murray. Let's give a little love to the Arizona Cardinals who came back and won that game. We spent the whole day yesterday talking about that game and rightfully so. I'm going to jump ahead to the New York Jets. And what Joe Flacco was able to do at the end of that game, how, I mean, they got the onside kick, yeah. and, and the Browns messed it up big time, but for Joe Flacco at age 37 to lead that kind of improbable rally in the fourth quarter the way he did, good for him, and good on them, because yeah. I know a lot of people have been down on the Jets this year because they're the Jets. That was a nice moment for them and their fans. Well, Nick Chubb admitted that he shouldn't have scored that touchdown, and it was a game not too long ago, a couple of years ago, where actually sat down at the one-yard line instead of going in the end zone. But he goes in the end zone. Instead of just falling down, on he fall down on the ground at the one, two, three, four, five-yard line, you win the game. He scores the touchdown. The Jets come back. You have one of the biggest blown coverages ever. The Jets get a touchdown. Wide open. Big play. Touchdown. Onside kick goes 10 yards, and they recover it, and then they score the touchdown, they win the damn game. And I think there was a missed extra point that helped them win it, too, because there was a missed there extra was point there. that rookie kicker from yeah. LSU. Yeah. So the NFL passing yard lead is just what you would expect. The NFL passing yard lead is two is number one. Carson Wentz is number two. And Joe Flacco is number three. Just the way we all drew it up. Of course. Just the way we all drew it up. Um, while we're at it, since we're talking about the AFC, holy Buffalo Bills, did they yeah. they they're, it's, it's It's like, okay, there's, they're the Super Bowl favorites. Yeah, they're, 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 I get it. Josh Allen was amazing in that game. He, he was, and that offense is almost unstoppable. I think you would say. I would think that offense is almost unstoppable with the way they play. They just go out there, they take the ball all the way down the field, and they score almost every time. Stephon Diggs is, has been incredible with he is the, what he has done. Josh Allen has been great, and their offense, it's, you know, what can you say? I mean, it's just every time they get the ball, they go down the field and they score. They had the ball 
about three minutes longer than the Titans did in terms of time of possession. Yep. They scored 41 points. I, 41 points. And, and while we're on the topic, Ryan Tannehill got himself benched last night. After he threw his second interception, yeah. they put in Malik Wills, the rookie quarterback. And I, I saw because you can't go very far with Ryan Tannehill. No. You can win eight, nine, ten games, go to the playoffs, but you're not going to go very far. That's the problem. I mean, Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, they're Jay Cutler. I mean, they're Jay Cutler. There's talent there. They could win you some games, but you're not going to go very far. You you want to get yourself a Josh Allen type of of, uh, of player. But yeah, I was just, you know I was watching you know all the packages of the Bills after that. 414 yards. Of offense, they averaged six point four yards per pl- for, per, per play, threw forty one points on the scoreboard, and did all of that with a time of possession advantage of just three minutes and eight seconds. I mean, it's in it's as, as an explosive an offense as as there is in the NFL. I did not watch the game beginning to end. I'll confess, I just saw the highlights. There are many people who think that Trevor Lawrence's performance was his best performance as an NFL quarterback in beating the Indianapolis Colts 24 yeah. nothing. Matt Ryan looked terrible. But Lawrence went 25-30, 235 yards, two touchdowns. Both of them went to Christian Kirk. Christian We're going to talk about him a little later on in the show. Jags are 1-1 one one on the season, and the Colts' offense looked miserable against the Jags that day. They might be a little bit better than people thought, potentially. Yeah. Good enough to win the AFC South? AFC South isn't very good. Ooh, good enough to win the AFC Eight, South? Look, look, Think at, about it. Look at who their competition yep. is, right? The Houston Texans, the Tennessee Titans, and the Indianapolis Colts. The, you would think the Titans are the team to beat. The Titans or the Colts would be, I would think, one of those two teams would be the team to beat. Right. Are the Jags good? Yeah. The Jags are good enough to win that division. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that's one they of those. They spent a lot of money. It looks like they spent it wisely. They've got a good, got a coach now. They've got a real coach. And uh, so that that was a good win for them, of course. <laughs> when we, I'm laughing because later on in the show, we have a segment dedicated to the what the odds makers say the next head coach for ASU is going to be. Urban Meyer was like 10th on that list. And I was laughing. Oh, I was laughing because of John Wilner's tweet in which he basically said, "Man, if you're an ASU fan and you want Urban Meyer, you get what you deserve. If that's what you're asking for, if you're an ASU fan and you think he's the answer, you get what you deserve. You shouldn't want anything to do with Urban Meyer to be the next head coach no, of ASU. We'll talk, I, I don't. I, I was laughing about that. I, I had to mention that because we were talking about the future. You know th- that they have a real head coach there. Here come the defending champs for the Arizona Cardinals. They are not." the same scary Rams team as a year ago, though. Yeah, you ain't so bad. You ain't so bad. That's coming up next on the Burns and Gambo Show.